0: Three design professionals
1: from three different countries on three different podcasts, having one conversation, join us on
2: all three podcasts
1: for the world of design collaboration.
2: See you there. See you there. See you there. See
0: you there. Welcome to my podcast, everybody. i um, very happy to have you here. <laughs> I'm just really excited to be here with you guys again. I have never done a round table with both of you. We've individually been on each other's podcasts. I'm excited. Should we maybe introduce ourselves?
2: Yeah. Let's do that.
1: I'm Eric Dillman. You can follow me at Eric Dillman Designs on social media. I have a podcast called Pro Series where I talk to designers like Rebecca and Adrian and entrepreneurs and authors, all kinds of people just in the, the business world. And uh, yeah, it's about it for me. Nice.
0: I'm Rebecca Hay. My podcast is Resilient by Design, and I am an interior design firm owner. I've been in the industry for over a decade growing my own residential design firm. I'm in Toronto, Canada, currently very cold here. And I have an online business and I coach interior designers. So I have a beautiful community called Designers Room where I support interior design firm owners who are looking to grow their business business and collaborate with other designers, make design friends. And I really just love to support other entrepreneurs who are looking to build their dream. And I'm just so excited to be here. Oh, you can follow me uh-huh. on uh, Instagram too, if you want, Rebecca Hay Designs.
1: Love it. <laughs> if you, you want. want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or listen to the podcast. That's what it's all about. I That's what
1: be, it. I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, United States. That's the cool thing about this. We're all from different countries and. Adrian, you can introduce yourself now.
2: Sure. I'm Adrian Ramsey. I'm a podcaster. I'm also a building designer and an interior designer. And I host a TV show here in Australia called Dream Homes Revealed, as well as I take arc tours. So I travel globally, introducing people to architecture or architects, giving them a deeper understanding of. Design by taking them to places and having guest speakers and things like that for them. I collaborate with builders on that as well, which is really strong. So that it's about a design community. We're advocating for design. Been in my business for 20 something years. And we've got work that sits in Africa, India, the UK, the US, and Australia and New Zealand, which is a great privilege to have had. And the podcasting's a really fun thing. I really enjoy it. I think there's a learning every day that you podcast with somebody. And even if you're listening to podcasts, there are so many learnings that you get that it's an absolute privilege that people give up their time to a podcast with us, but also for people to listen to our podcasts, you know. I'm really grateful to be here. I love these guys. We've had so many good conversations over the years and we share things, like we share like What we know and what we learn. So it's a a great community. Yeah. Guys, I'm thankful. That's why we're here.
1: I'm thankful for social media and podcasting because we wouldn't have been connected at all. Like we're all millions of miles away from each other. So it's cool that we could just jump on here and just talk design.
2: Yeah. So then Eric just put it there. Talk design is the name of my podcast because I forgot to say all that (laughs) stuff. I was too busy talking about myself. (laughs) Talk Design's my podcast. You'll find on Instagram at Talk Design with or Adrian Ramsey, which is my handle on there. And you find my design company at ardesignhouse.com. That's about me. Yeah.
1: Amazing. And we talked off camera about like topics we wanted to talk about, but I feel like once we start talking about one topic, it's just going to go into a just a cool, awesome conversation that a bunch of designers, contractors, architects out there are going to be just so in love with what we're about to talk Mm -hmm. about. And I, I wanted to first talk about climate and we're all from different climates and designing for different climates. I think a lot of homeowners probably think what's the difference design is design, but it's drastically different.
2: Oh, the climate's one of the first things that informs anything from a, architectural or building design point of view, the first thing that's going to inform you on the, if it's a new build, is going to be the environment, which is going to include the climate. So it's going to be where's the light and air come from? What's the shape of the land? That's the first thing that informs the design. So I think that climate's really critical. And we've designed across all kinds of different climate zones. Australia is as big as the US and mass, land mass. And so we have a whole bunch. It's not just all hot and desert. There's a lot of it that is, but we have a whole bunch where I live is tropical. And yet you could live down in Tasmania where it's a lot more like New Zealand, um, which would be like being up in the, say around Seattle, somewhere like that. Yeah. So versus being in somewhere like where I am is like more like Arizona, Texas or Florida not not so much Arizona it's a lot drier but there's plenty of zo- climate zones that match that in Australia and in the US an interesting thing is I do arkie tourism with those going to Austin Texas quite often
1: mm.
2: I have an affiliation with the, the AIA Austin and yeah. one with the AIA Dallas one of those things that's really interesting is that Austin has seven climate zones that match the climate zones of Australia So in the relativeness, when I take guests from Australia there, in that relativeness, there is, we're talking about the climate zones and how they treat things differently or the same, or how we can do similar things, how we can learn from each other in that. That's the value of travel as well.
0: Yeah. I love watching your travels on Instagram. Adrienne, I always see, Oh, he's here. And now he's here, or you'll send me a message. And oh, but tomorrow I'm going to be in another state or another country. And I just, I think Mm -hmm. it's amazing because I personally love travel and it's so inspirational. And I think, Eric, this is such a great topic because we do travel and we do get inspired and our clients travel and they get inspired. But sometimes we come back or our clients come to us and they want something that they've seen in a completely different climate, in a completely different, in a completely different um, geographic area. And so like, how do we as designers, as architects, how do we meet that demand and also make it work in our own climates? I know Eric and I are from a very different climate and in, in Canada, in Ontario, where I live, we have deep cold winters and the summer is hot and sticky and filled with bugs. And so I often say to clients, I know you were in California and I know they have those accordion glass doors across the back that open up the entire house, but let's face it. Your AC is pumping 24 hours a day in the summer. You're not going to open that. What about the mosquitoes? Let's think about these factors. Like how do you, both of you deal with those situations when you're working with clients that want something that maybe is a little bit out there.
1: Mm -hmm. Go Eric. (laughs) I think it all comes down to, budget and what people's mindset is and someone has a huge budget and they're in california and they like those like really modern clean lines of roofs and they think in here in pittsburgh we get snow you can't have snow on top of those type of roofs because it's just going to sit there and completely ruin the building but if they have that large budget they're willing to do that because they're willing to repair it But being able to give them the science behind it to why you are doing it, I think a lot of people, and that was another topic that I was going to go over, is some people just do it for a portfolio. They want to get that picture done for their portfolio. But you have to be there as a, hold that client's hand and kind of tell them, hey, I could do this. But in two years, a year, you're going to be replacing it or you're going to have some really bad repair issues
2: yeah i think this is the same thing we see very similar kind of stuff people don't know what they don't know our job as designers is, is to educate people and you know when people go on holiday which is usually when they're traveling so even if they travel for business but they let's say they're traveling for a holiday one of the things that they do is their mindset shifts a lot because they're in relaxed mode, they're in adventure mode, they're in discovery. And so suddenly all the receptors have shifted in their mind compared to when they're out the door to the work, to whatever it is that is happening. So I think that what happens a lot when we go into discovery mode, all of a sudden all the brakes are off and we can imagine things. We've got an expanded opportunity and so they come back with these ideas which are perfectly valid you take like you were just saying with rebecca with like you want to open up all those piano accordion style doors like we can do that in the climate we're in but we also will get mosquitoes and bugs depending on where we are and so then we're like what's the screening opportunity for that like we'll often do rollout screens. To, so they'll roll out from the sides and clip or whatever it is. We'll often use those. But then if they've got young children or dogs, we've got another problem because the dog will run through the screen or the young kids will push through that screen. And so you're constantly in repair mode. So having these options with things so that you can best problem solve for your client, I imagine, is the thing. As you, we want to give you that feeling. We want to give you that opportunity. But at certain times of the year, that opportunity won't exist. You may get it maybe, I don't know for you guys, but I would think that less buggy as you go fall into winter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It gets
0: too cold. They'll die.
2: Yeah, exactly. As (laughs) it, as it starts to go. Yeah. And something here that you don't see very often, which blows me away. I design them, but I would see in say Minnesota, or I'd see say maybe up in, wyoming and jackson hole or something like that would be a screened porch Mm -hmm. and so they would have a fully screened porch now they'll use that winter and summer because they'll be it might be really cold but it'll be heated out there and it will have open screening so that there is air coming through and stuff that kind of thing of what is a solution that works for that environment you were saying earlier rebecca about about having the ac on and people are just pumping the ac like constantly we try to design in the climate i'm in here to not have ac we go how do we our temperature line for those of you who prepared to do the uh, the conversion otherwise these guys might be able to do it for me but where i live six degrees would be our cold and 30 538 would be our hot. Um, Hold on, six
0: degrees Celsius or six degrees Fahrenheit?
2: The opposite of you guys. What are you guys? No, because I'm
0: Celsius. I'm metric. Oh. Canada's metric. Oh, okay, We're like cool. you.
2: Yeah, okay, we yeah. We have that in common. I'm um, so Yeah, so Eric, <laughs> it's probably somewhere around 40 to, I don't know, getting up to 90s, somewhere in there. So this isn't a massive temperature band, really. It's not like extreme, like 50 degrees. Like Dubai or something, it or parts of California in the desert and stuff like that. So it's not that, and it's not so cold that you can't solve the problem by putting a sweater on. There's yeah, you can. That
0: sounds so lovely. I'm rather jealous. (laughs) (laughs) It's zero degrees Celsius here today in Toronto, and I went for a walk, and I had more than just a sweater on. Yeah. Um, is our time running out?
1: I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. It should not be that case.
2: Or I'll figure oh, it out right. I'm talk. I might yeah. have to okay. keep the room. I think that the thing here is, is that we would get that climate condition in another part of Australia or definitely in New Zealand, we get that same climate condition. Understanding that for your clients, so like I get clients who come back from being in In New Zealand, they've been skiing for a couple of weeks and they're going, oh, we just want something that feels like this. And I'm going, yeah, here in Queensland, like that's going to be a tough gig. (laughs) However, what is it that made it feel like it? And so I developed this thing called an emotional floor plan based off this. So that you talked about
0: this on my podcast when you came on my podcast. And I I, tell us again, because I freaking love it. And I still, Adrian, I'm going to be honest, I still have this picture of you, I don't know if it was you were sipping a whiskey or a scotch in a room I've never seen, by a fire that's always going. I still have this picture of you because you did such a beautiful job of painting this picture of a feeling. And I feel I'm so into this idea of this emotional floor plan. So I, I don't want to, sorry to interrupt you, but it's just no. so amazing. So if you're listening and you're multitasking, come back to us because this is good.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh, I think the thing is, is that. Our homes and and our offices as well, don't miss that. But our homes are about emotional refuge. They're a place where we go, there's secure basic human needs. Maslow's been a hierarchy of needs. One of those is like security and it's being sure of where you are. So in that case, when you think about homes, the first thing is we got out of caves or whatever we did. And then we started building homes and we did that for our own security so that we knew where we'd be at night. We knew where we'd sleep. We knew that nobody else would come in. We knew that we had safety. So that first thing that drops our sympathetic nerve system back into some sort of balance is to be able to know that we're safe. It's really critical. That is one of the things that we go, how do you take people and put them in the right place first? And for each person, then there is an emotional value that different things bring. Like Rebecca just said, this thing of like sitting back in a wooded maybe room or paneled room, drinking a whiskey with a fireplace, this in a, I don't know, an Eames chair, whatever it is, each person has a fantasy or an imagination or an actual place that they've done this. And we go, how can the architecture and the interior design to what respond to these people to nurture their nurture themselves so you can get into a lot more with that with materiality as well but how do we do that to nurture people i say to people often your kitchen is this multi-dynamic space if you've got kids in the morning it's get those kids out of the house, feed them breakfast, maybe make them lunches, get them on a bus or get them in the car, get them out of the house. So that's an absolute work zone. It needs to flow. It needs to work beautifully. It needs to know whether somebody's right-handed or left-handed. It needs to be able to work with the occupant. needs to possibly be well lit. And then come evening, it might still be the same during the week, but Friday night, it might be if it's my house it's pizza night we make the pizzas it's it would be rowdy except I kick everybody out (laughs) because I'm the (laughs) guy who makes the pizzas but I'm in there and I have my boards chopped with food on them and whatever my ingredients are going to be and the ovens going and I have music often I have either folk or country music that I'll play that isn't really the favorite of everybody else in the family, but I really enjoy some of that stuff. I might have some Nathaniel Ratliff or something like that playing or maybe some Bruce Springsteen or something like that. And I'm making pizzas and I'll be having a gin or maybe a whiskey or something as I'm making them. That's my, just the week's over. I'm finished. That needs to be my little sanctuary at that point. That's why I kick everybody else out. And that, means that I'm making food with love in it. I'm enjoying myself. I'm in my creative mode. And then if there's guests over, they're all hanging out around the kitchen while we're cooking as well. So then all of a sudden it's a multi entertaining space Mm -hmm. and you might be mixing drinks over here and cooking for them over here and feeding them nibbles while you're actually making, finishing off a dinner, but it's this vibrant space that's happening. And it has to be able to meet all those different emotions at different times. And so understanding the person who's going to be in it and how they want to be. I think of the example, my wife, she, one of her gifts, she's a great cook. One of her gifts is to feed people. She really feels like she's doing a service to people when she feeds them. That's, it's just in her DNA. Mm -hmm. And you go back to basic human needs. F- food is one of them. And so for her, it feeds her to feed others. And, yeah. and so having a kitchen that she can operate in and talk to people and be connected and feed them and be creative, it builds her as a person. Yeah, Having one that doesn't do that wouldn't build her as a person. So it, it comes down to everything, the lighting and the mood changes and all those things. And what is the emotion that evokes for her And then one of hers is her emotions for that is abundance because she's abundant. She can be abundant with giving. She can be abundant with food and it's nurturing. It's loving. So it brings up all those emotions for her in the mornings, maybe a different story (laughs) in the the mornings, There's maybe a little less love in that room. (laughs) I think
1: that's something as a designer, if or as a homeowner or or if one of my friends has asked, what to see in an interior designer and like what to do to figure out if they're truly going to help you out is if they're Mm -hmm. not interviewing you as a client to hire themselves just as much as the client's trying to hire the interior designer, that's where they're doing themselves a disservice because exactly what you said, no, one's going to know that about your wife. Uh, Obviously because you live with her and you know her, But a designer is someone's stranger that's coming to your house. You need to be asking these questions to figure out so you can customize the space for them and function through their life.
2: I so agree, man. And with empathy, not with judgment. Yes, exactly.
0: Mm. As designers, we really see it all. Let's be honest. And both of you can probably attest to this. Like we've seen all the- Where's marriage. another
2: podcast? We've
0: seen inside the drawers. We've seen all the dirty laundry, we
2: right? We should yeah. talk
1: about the craziest thing we've seen in our design career. Oh, okay? okay, I don't know. Too I remember one of my first design things, it came off of a home show and it was like the next week I met with, them, it was a, a wife and a husband and we were sitting at the table and they just would not stop arguing the whole entire time, like screaming at each other. And it was like one of the very first full kitchen remodels I was doing. And the lady just left the husband at the showroom. He had to call an Uber and realized they got a divorce like right afterwards. And I'm like, holy crap,
2: that's my first client.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) It it ended up not
2: happening. (laughs) Mate, you know that you've got to be part marriage counselor. You should have pulled oh, yeah. that thing together. You should. They should have been going, your testimonial should say, Eric saved our marriage. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't think there was any saving there. <laughs> I
0: Aww. think it was
2: cooked. No. I've got a story similar to that. I went to a, a home and we were talking about designing a brand new house for these people. And this particular guy was a reasonably well-known developer in the area I live in. Mm -hmm. and his wife lovely lady and i'd met them both but separately i'd never met them together i'd bumped Mm -hmm. into them in social occasion occasions in in the town and they asked me if i'd come and talk to them about their home and i said yeah for sure i'd be really interested because i've met them separately we sat down and he sat actually beside me and she sat opposite me and I I don't actually like that as a thing if I can sit at the end of a table and they're on either side I don't want opposing energies but anyway in this case he sat next to me and I sat next to him side by side and her across and we started just peeling the onion like we do we started just going, okay, so tell me about what you're trying to get to, what, what matters, why you want to be there, what they were moving to an acreage site and all the rest. And she is a bit of an artist. And so she was talking about her painting and doing things with her painting and she does some ceramic work as well. And she's a, I'd say she's a gentle soul. And he isn't a gentle soul. Opposites attract. He isn't a gentle soul. But he's not a, he didn't come across as mean or nasty until he told his wife that she could pipe down. I won't say the words he said because they were pretty mean, that she could be quiet and he'd be making the decisions here. And in no uncertain terms, to the point where I'm so embarrassed that I'm going, I don't want to just like your one Eric they They didn't fight she didn't fight he just attacked her and she had merely expressed an opinion on something nothing against what he had said nothing to do with that just something that it was like an add-on to a conversation Mm -hmm. and in that moment I went I'm not going to be working for them so I pretty much wrapped the meeting up then Mm. and I got home and my wife said to me, so how did it go? How did it go? Because it was on a Saturday morning, which was, I don't often do meetings on Saturday mornings. And uh, she said, how did it go? I said, whoa, wait for this, babe. This is what happened. And she said, what? Like I said to them, look, I really am excited by what you're looking to do and all the rest. However, I don't think I'm a match. Hard thing to do, though. Hi guys, I'm Adrian. I'm your host of Talk Design Podcast. I started this podcast a couple of years ago and in doing it, my aim was to talk to amazing design people, creative minds, people who I could learn from and hopefully you could learn from. This was a big part of my whole reasoning for starting the podcast. We've cracked over 80 episodes and we've done two Homes tour specials for the AIA Austin in Texas, which have been really great fun talking just specifically about houses. We've talked to HGTV stars. We've talked to building designers, interior designers, architects, business coaches, and some inspired characters along the way. People have captured my imagination and their creative output and gone, huh these people would bring a story to somebody else and maybe inspire them to go a little further with what they're doing as well. So I wanted to reach out and ask you all for some advice because you are the guys who tune in and listen and subscribe, and I really appreciate that. So I want some advice from you. If you guys would be happy to share with me, A, what you like best, so that I can better direct what we cover as content, And then also, if there's things you want to solve, what are the three biggest things you would like information on? What are those kind of keys so that I can look and go, okay, let's find somebody who speaks specifically on these points and get some depth of information back to you that would be really useful in your business or in your life or in your home, whichever one it would be. So if I could ask you to do that, I would be forever grateful if you would share with me just through the email based on the talk design website, which is www.talkdesign.show. If you could just reach out by that email and say to me, Hey, this would be a really great subject for me, for my business or for my family or for my home or for the way I want to see life. I would love to be able to support you guys and find those people that we could talk to that would bring that to you. So thank you very much for taking the time to listen. I so appreciate the fact that you listen to the podcast. It makes it all the more fun when I get messages from you to say, hey, this inspired me. I had somebody who sent me one the other day that said, your podcast, and we were talking on a certain subject, it was a game changer for me. It was a game changer in how I viewed how I was looking at what I was doing with my design and what was going to come from that. So these things make it all the more worthwhile. So please, if you could tell me top three things that would be useful to you, I would love to support you guys in delivering that. Thank you and thank you for being a listener. Take care, have a wonderful day, evening, wherever you are, whatever it is. Cheers, Adrian, over and out.